driving in a car with some missionaries from Dalat to Saigon when our car broke down on a rather desolate part of the road. After several minutes and some uneducated tinkering, the car started and we continued on our way, only to come upon a terrifying scene a few miles up the road. A car that had overtaken us while our car was disabled had been ambushed, and all the occupants lay mangled and bleeding to death on the side of the road. In the distance we could see the attackers melting away into the jungle. At twenty-five, I had seen enough of warfare and bloodshed. I had heard enough political speeches. I had read enough of the journalists and their pontifications from a distance. I had heard all the dissent I needed to hear from professorial lecterns. Communism versus capitalism. Freedom versus demagoguery. Walking away from the body of a loved one being lowered into the ground is a heart-wrenching experience. Seeing it multiplied in the deaths, deformities, and destruction around me, I found myself crying out to God, Why all this in the name of humanity and survival? I was doing my thinking as a young man. Years went by, and I read the philosophers and philosophies of war and the attending theories. I questioned. I struggled. It would have been enough to question the entire theistic framework. It didn't take an atheist to raise the question of violence, injustice, and evil. Many of the prophets in the Bible raised this issue directly to God and sought answers from Him. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Is the question Habakkuk raised. Habakkuk, verse 1, chapter 2. Jeremiah did the same and asked God to stand in the witness box. In Jeremiah, chapter 12, verse 1, he says, You are always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you. Yet I would speak with you about your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease? Later in the book, he even accuses God of deceiving him, and in frustration he says, Cursed be the day I was born. Chapter 20, verse 14. And in Psalm chapter 10, verse 1, David asks God, Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? No one questioned the Almighty more about the pain and shame of human evil and personal loss than the biblical writers. But here's the rub. They always raised it while still recognizing the nature of good and evil, victim and victimizer, human limitation and divine power. They not only understood the categories, they questioned where a sovereign God was in the midst of all this. And they found answers. Habakkuk particularly found his way to some solid footing. We will get to that. What is dramatically real is that they do not raise it to question God's existence, nor do they raise it to prove that good and evil are not real. They raise it to find the answers to God's existence within the framework of the good and evil they undeniably see around them. In contrast, looking at the same evidence as the biblical writers, the conclusion Dawkins draws is to deny the existence of God, and he is forced, therefore, to dismiss good and evil as absolute categories. And therein lies the deep-seated difference. What do I mean? Where do you get off? These terrible, descriptive words for God that Dawkins uses put him in a real philosophical and existential quandary. He begins by saying that the God to whom these actions are attributed is really a 
creature of fiction. If God is indeed a creature of fiction, he is in effect mounting this great effort against a non-existent entity to whom such actions are attributed by some very gullible people. So wherein lies the evil? If God doesn't exist, the evil that Dawkins is railing against is really coming from human beings playing God, isn't it? This is key to underscore. If atheism is correct, his nauseating list from genocide to infanticide does not describe God's character, but the people who claim to believe in God. Ironically, this comes from an intellectual who writes at a time when the killing of babies by abortion is at an all-time high, legitimized by intellectuals as one's moral right. Thus, the killing of millions in the name of individual rights is okay, so long as humanity declares it is so. So the source of both scenarios is...